Coming up, we are going to talk about the best changes made to attractions at Universal Studios Florida throughout the years. From our houses in Central Florida, this is the Universal Edition of The Diz Unplugged. This is episode 255 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. I'm your host, Craig Williams. Today, I'm joined alongside by my co-host, Rhino. Hello. 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 That's my best uh, uh, Tim Curry and Rocky Horror picture show. Uh, the, the best Frankenfurter I can do where he goes, hello. I like it. I'm digging it. So keep doing it. Or don't. Okay. Okay. Hey, everyone, we have a really great episode for you. Uh, it's going to be a fun one, like I mentioned in that cold open there. We're going to talk about the best changes uh, to attractions at Universal Studios Florida throughout the years. So, uh, obviously, we're me- I mean with that, we're going to talk about attractions that uh, – buildings that have stayed essentially the same, but the attractions in the buildings have changed throughout the years. Like, uh, you know, for for example or just areas i should say in general because sometimes things were completely removed and and rebuilt from the ground up so but it, it's a fun episode we'll have that coming up for you in just a little bit you might also notice in that episode that we are wearing different clothes if you're watching it that we're wearing different clothes from what we are doing right now and that's because we already had this episode recorded for you and then uh well with the intro part of the episode some things changed in between the time that we recorded it and we're actually releasing it so for that reason we felt like we need to re-record this part but then keep the rest of the episode so you'll notice that switch but for everyone listening uh you won't so i just wasted your time talking about this but what was the news that i i said changed in between now and then well it is uh an update on the closure so this happened uh, already a while ago so uh almost uh, about a little over two, uh, week and a half ago, almost two weeks, uh, on April 9th to be exact, Tom Williams put out a message. If you don't know who he is, he is the chairman and CEO of Universal Parks and Resorts. He put out a memo uh, updating team members on what was happening with Universal Orlando in the future. And that is that they are extending their closure through at least May 31st. So he said that it's the right thing to do. And as they listen to government officials and health experts and think about you, uh, that's the decision that they had to make because uh, they're safest at home and Universal wants their team members to stay healthy. So they will monitor monitor the situation and adjust accordingly. But yes, Universal will remain closed through at least May 31st, if not longer, probably longer. So because uh, he went on to say right afterwards that second, we are facing months of closure with no way to accurately predict when we will reopen. Uh, No business, even one as strong as ours, can sustain without having to make difficult choices. So uh, it is bizarre that it'd say we're going to close through at least may 31st and then 
basically say like, yeah, it's probably going to be even longer than that right away. But uh, the news that comes with that is more based for team members, but a good idea, too, for the public to know what is happening with them. And that's in terms of how they're handling their team members. So their team members got paid through April 19th, which the show is already uh Said, oh, no, that is the day that this show releases. So the day this released, uh, all team members got paid 100% through that point in time. And then effective on April 20th, uh, nearly all of the employees for Universal will actually be paid at 80% rate very, unless they are working at 100% rate. And then they will continue to be paid at that level, too. So if they still have to work a full-time job, they'll be paid full-time. But if they're one of the people who are just, you know, still at home right now and not really working as much, then they're only going to make 80 percent. And uh, yeah, that's that is what it's going to to be. And then on May 3rd, part time hourly team members will be furloughed. So just like Disney, uh, they they will still have their benefits paid by their employer. So Universal will make sure that they still have their health insurance and paying their contribution on That's their good. behalf. But yeah, they those part-time hourly team members will be furloughed beginning May 3rd. And then beyond that, who knows what's actually going to happen with Universal. But so is that that's that's different than Disney, right? Because Disney furloughed everyone. Yeah, well, I mean, Disney didn't furlough everyone. They did keep essential employees around. Yeah. So it's not like everyone just left. But yes, the the bulk of what uh, workers at Walt Disney World, pretty much most of them were furloughed. And, you know, they were given basically two weeks notice on that. But Universal was able to hold out a little bit longer in that regards. You know, they were they were able to keep their employees paid at a, a bit of a uh, you know, at a bit of a more competitive rate for longer, but eventually I, I think that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's and that I think definitely has to do with the fact that, you know, with Universal even though the parks are shut down right now and movies aren't happening the fact that they have Comcast uh, shouldering some of the the pay there is is what allowed them to stay in in flux a little bit longer. Granted, Comcast can't they can't eat all of the costs eventually because then it becomes really really bad for them as a whole. But mm. for for a while, they're able to help out when possible. I mean, like like the fact that construction is is chugging along at Universal. I mean, that's. That's them saying, listen, when this all turns around, we need to have some of these projects opened up and ready to go. So that way we can get we can yeah. get people back in these parks and have them entertained. So uh, I think it's, you know, it's it's sad news to know that Universal is going to be closed at least through May 31st. But it's nice to know, too, that they're they're trying to take care of their team members as much as possible. So it's still a bad situation, but hopefully, hopefully good news is on the horizon. Yeah. I, I was trying to think of a song to sing, but I, I didn't have one. The sun Ooh, will come child. out tomorrow. Oh, there you go. Things are going to get easier. Ooh, child. Things are going to get brighter. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that is that news. And with that, we are going to go ahead and get into our topic discussion. The first attraction that we think was a positive change overall. Uh, this one could have could have 
been kind of went either way for me on it, but I think all overall, I would consider it one of the best changes Universal has made in the long run of their history, and that is uh, the fantastic world of Hanna Barbera. Eventually. Changed, which changed into Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast, but then finally changed into Despicable Me Minion Mayhem. I would consider that one of the best changes that they ever made, specifically the change from Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast into Despicable Me Minion Mayhem. I know there's a bunch of Jimmy Neutron fans out there somewhere. Uh, there, I mean, odds are they have to be, statistically speaking, but I think... I think it would be a lot easier to believe that there's more people out there in the world that love Despicable Me as well as the Minions versus Jimmy Neutron. So I think that's an easy, easy change right there to make, especially as as more and more Nickelodeon has disappeared from the Universal Parks. It only makes sense to to bring in something that they they own. And Despicable Me, Minion Mayhem, actually, I feel like it does it does do justice of the characters from the despicable me films you know they they all have their time to shine grew the the girls the minions so uh, i i think overall for me i would consider that one of the better changes i've watched videos of the fantastic world of hanna barbera way way back in the day and i i've seen i've seen what that attraction was like so if it went i i grew up on hanna barbera cartoons so for me, I would probably say that's a little bit more of a stretch between uh, being a best change going from Hanna Barbera to Despicable Me, but overall, in the in the grand scheme of things, I would consider it a best change. What you you too, Rhino? You're you're then on this? Oh yeah, I definitely think it's a good change. Um, I didn't really, I like, I can't remember experiencing the Hanna Barbera stuff. Um. I'm not 100% sure that was there on my last trip before I had gone again. Before I, I know Minion Mayhem. I don't know if you said it, what year that opened. That was 2012? Yeah. 13? 2012 like. or 2013. Right in that area. I want to say 12. It was just something I kind of didn't really ever, like even think about when I went in there, I guess, you know, like, cause it was just like, a th- it was from a, that sort of, uh, and I especially like Jimmy Neutron, Jimmy Neutron was in that building, right? That's what you said. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Jimmy, yeah. It just was... making sure I'm not getting it mixed up with the Shrek building, but, no. um, no, I remember thinking, well, Jimmy Neutron was like right after my time with Nickelodeon. So I didn't really associate. I have no connection with him. And like you said, Minions, I feel like is a wider, it's a wider birth of people that connect to it because it's a movie theater movie. It's like, you know, it's more it, parents take their kids, but then I also, you know, enjoy it. And so it, it has a wider reach. And I just think, um, I, I like the house too, as the exterior of the building offers a yeah. lot more than when it was just kind of a soundstage too. So I feel like it's a, it's an improvement. Yeah. And as they keep making movies in this, this world i mean it just it keeps the attraction actually relevant so you can't argue with that you know it's the ride system itself i wish they would have been able to upgrade in between attractions uh because this literally is using the hanna-barbera ride system still they just keep you know they just keep layering paint on top of it but uh it, it it works it works it's just not it's not as clean. It's something, you know, I, I wish I would have done it out in Hollywood one of the times that we were out there to see, like, if, okay, well, you're taking this attraction and 
and building mm. it from scratch out there is it a better experience in that regards hmm. but that, that, none of that matters i think next time. Overall, next time yeah yeah next time next time for sure so uh, but overall Definitely a positive change. Uh, the next one that I think we can absolutely hand down, say, hands down, say would be hands one of the down. best changes. Uh, despite uh, a few weeks ago when we, we gave our love letter to Murder, She Wrote Mystery Theater, uh, despite, despite how amazing that looked, uh, the fact is that Murder, She Wrote Mystery Theater and then followed by Hercules and Xeno, Wizards of the Screen, uh, I think that... Definitely was a positive change going into Transformers: The Ride 3D. So, even though it was, uh, even though like the the show building that those previous shows were completely demolished in order for Transformers: The Ride 3D to happen, uh, it's it's all right there in that same space. And yeah, you know, Transformers: The Ride 3D. While those types of simulator rides might not be for everyone because of motion sickness and such, uh, it's it's a it's still a solid attraction and you don't have to like transformers i think to really appreciate the attraction it's got enough cool moments in it yeah it's it's also one of those types of things that i remember this attraction just popped up out of nowhere i feel like i don't know if it was just because you know back in the day i was just a casual park goer but it was just like it's one of those types of attractions where you're like I can't remember what was even here before. Like, what did this space even look like physically? Yeah. Not not in like, oh, I don't remember what attraction it was, but I just the physicality of everything is completely different where you're I'm just it, it feels like they somehow built this kind of cool looking thing just right in the center of the park. And for for me, from my perspective, it kind of popped up overnight. And I like I said, it's kind of like I've never once been like, oh, yeah, this other thing was here this one time, you know, and and you're right. Like, it turned it from something that was just kind of like, hmm, vaguely interesting, maybe to somebody, to a small few, into this like kind of experience for all. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's tra- again going with the idea of let's make it more relevant. Uh, of course, Transformers very relevant still uh, to this day, and I think will be for for a long, long time in the future, as long as those movies keep. Uh, making more than what their budget are, even though the last uh, Bumblebee struggled a little bit in the last night struggled a little bit, but, uh, but I think Bumblebee you know. was like better, much better received critically. So I think that'll have a, hopefully an up t- uptick oh, yeah. for, for the rest of it. You know, I liked Bumblebee. I thought it was a fun movie. So it wasn't, it wasn't an epic movie by any means, but it was fun. No, so. but it was way better than the last night or whatever that was. That was the, w- oh, yeah. that was, I thought the one before that was the worst one. The, it, ugh, it was so bad. Yeah, I don't care for any of the Marky Mark ones. They're just they're not for me. I'm I'm a Shia LaBeouf purist for the You're most part. And, Eagle Eye all the way. Yeah, and I like Bumblebee. I, I thought like that's I'm good enough with just those ones. That that checks off all the books in my Transformers. Uh, checks off all the marks in my books about Transformers. But yeah, and like when I started going to Universal, when I got hired there. Like, they weren't even using the space like Hercules and Xena was long done. So it really was just like, oh, it really you could have chalked this up to. Would you rather have nothing or would you rather have Transformers? Right. And yeah. I think that's a pretty, pretty easy get on there. And it's it's fun. I I actually I regret that I don't do it as much because I kind of look at it since it is the same mechanism mechanism as Spider-Man. 
I kind of look at it. If I'm going to do one of those two rides, which one am I more likely to do more often? Spider-Man. So I find myself. Yeah. But I, I like Transformers too. Like I still love the, the fact that you literally get in an elevator and move up in order to actually go into most of the ride just because of the, the small space it was designed. So, and yeah, when, when Optimus Prime is talking to y'all, it's just, it's one of those good ride uh, moments. I like the slow motion part. I mean, I know that there's something similar in Spider-Man too, but it's one of those where you're like, uh, this is a live action movie and this in real life, I'm moving in slow motion. This is crazy. Yeah. Yes. I would agree with that. So moving on to our next best change, at Universal Studios Florida. This one might be a little bit controversial. I'm going to save our most controversial one for last, but this one might be a little bit controversial, and that is uh, taking Jaws and Amity Island and bulldozing it all over to make the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Did you watch the video that Mike Aiello put out on Twitter where he did the uh, narration for Jaws? It was like him in his office and on him. And then he did the, the spiel as no, the ride through was going. It was really good. Um, and, it, but it was one of those things where like Mike Aiello is fantastic at it and clearly has this really passionate and love for it. But like Mike Aiello is not all of the skippers that you would have gotten. And when I watch that video, I think, wow, this is really heavily relying on the skipper. But then on top of that, this is not, this is not fun. Like it's not. I'm sorry, like, you could love Jaws as much as you want. Like, I I think Jaws is a phenomenal movie, great movie. But that retraction, you know, as fun as it was, is da- it was dated and done. Yeah. It's, I, I, I love Jaws, but The Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Diagon Alley, is, it's the most immersive part of Universal Studios Florida. It is so well designed. You are stepping into that movie. You have a marquee attraction inside that area you have the hogwarts express connected like right alongside with it you have great dining uh two the two best shows you can find in the entire park are also in there plus all the shopping all of anders everything that comes with it i mean there's just no there's no comparison when you really break it down you just you get so much more bang for your buck. Yes, the memories are gone and, and it's sad that we lost them. But I, you know, it, there's only like a handful of people that I can think of who would probably end up saying that, that Jaws was better in the long run and that should have stayed. And that's, that's those people who are like, no, I, I want the gentle boat ride, not, not an exciting attraction through the an immersive the lands of <laughs> Gringotts and an immersive land. But yeah, so I'm I'm glad we both passionately agree with that one so much. Uh, I, I think we also will definitely agree with the next one, and that is the fact that they took the Swamp Thing set and turned it into Men in Black Alien Attack. It's so funny. I don't even remember the Swamp Thing set. That I was Swamp Thing for Halloween when I was a kid too, which is crazy. Um, but I I like again. I, I, I enjoy Men in Black quite a bit. I think it's one of the more fun, um, interactive, uh, I don't even know what type of attraction you would call that. Like video game esque or. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Essentially. So it's a. Yeah, but it's I mean, like the, you know, the aim, the shoot and get the points. And 
I, I, I always enjoy it because I love that it feels like, it, like, I appreciate the little bit that, like, that first entry into Men in Black is exactly like in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. when you, when you go through and you see all them hanging there, like, that's what Will Smith was shooting at, you know? And that's, I always think that's really cool. Um, and I just, I love that experience. And plus, it's rewritability too. I would go on Men in Black over and over again if it didn't make me, the spinning part, I wasn't concerned about that, but it, I think it's a fun thing where you can keep going and learning the secrets and do and rewrite. And I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah it, it, for me, it really just comes down to, to another case of relevance and, and nothing against mm-hmm. the swamp thing set experience that was there, but I don't know how you compare that to an actual attraction that is still ridiculously popular, even though the franchise it's based on doesn't, match up to the same level but the attraction's still popular the attraction still functions relatively well for the most part and just it, i don't know it feels it, it's like we discussed on our on our uh on our men in black episode before the end of the year it's like it's it really borders on that this could be considered a classic universal attraction in the long run, even though there's other stuff that could easily come along and replace it yeah. and be a better use of the space for what it is still right now. It's it's got a classic sense to it. So I just it's I, I don't know if I'm even upset that I never saw the swamp thing set. So that's that's another question that I asked as I was going through this list before I before I actually write it down that this was a best change made would i have been upset if i didn't get to see the predecessor based on what i have there now and this is definitely one where yeah i i don't i don't need to see the swamp thing set to know that men in black alien attack was a much better improvement in use of that space yeah so but uh, our next best change at Universal Studio Florida, this isn't an attraction necessarily in itself, but actually uh, the show and on the lagoon. And so started way, way back in the day with Dynamite Nights, a stunt show on the water. And then this moved into the Universal 360 Cinesphere show where it was like the big giant globes were on the water and were projections onto it. And then that moved into the cinematic spectacular nighttime show, which was for the hundred years of movies at Universal Studios Florida. And this used mist water screens to project onto. And then wrapping up now where we are finally, we are at uh, the Universal Studios cinematic celebration. And uh, it's there's no comparison to yeah. any any of these shows. Cinematic celebration is... I, while I know it will need to be updated throughout the years, it, it truly is the best show that Universal has created. We already saw what happens when they take that technology and blend it with an event like Halloween Horror Nights, how much capability oh. it is. So just even looking uh, yeah. at it from that, it's it's a show that not only it pays tribute to some really fun Universal movies, classic and new, but then also can be literally updated seasonally like just come on i honestly think that the 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 longer away from it i've been the the more i've thought about how incredible the halloween horror nights version of that show actually was because my mother 
um, has her like work has been doing these like trivia things. And today it was what movies are misquoted. And it was, it was, you know, true or false. Is this the correct quote? And one of them was, um, Frankenstein from it was, it's alive. It's alive. And she was like, no, that's wrong. And I'm like, no, I was like, mom, they like, trust me. I was, they repeated that blaring over and over again, right before the dance breakdown in this show I kept watching. And, you know, and I just was thinking why it's, it's interesting. Oh, just talking about the regular cinematic spectacular, like they've really learned to lean into the properties that are represented in the park, but now also how those are associated hand in hand with Universal. And I don't know that they had those in the other versions of the show quite as well, minus like Jurassic Park, you know, and showing their movies is great. And like, yeah, it's, you know, I'd love for it to be like some sort of celebration of Back to the Future. But, you know, the show is a celebration of what you've experienced throughout the day kind of at the parks. So it's a really... It's kind of a nice, like, send-off, like, you know, cherry on the end of the Sunday yeah. sort of a thing. And I think it does a really good job. And like I said, I, I love the way it ends right now with the, um, the Trolls, the song and, and the Justin Timberlake song. And then, uh, it just, it puts you in the right mood. And, you know, anything that can, like, shift your mood, I think, is a real testament to storytelling. So. I agree. And honestly, I, I was watching my video of it just recently and I really, you know, the only part of it that I think goes on too long is actually the beginning with the Jurassic Jurassic World stuff. Like I feel like that just it's it's long. It's way mm-hmm. too much of that. I, I would rather see that shortened down, add in maybe something like Back to the Future, because even though the attraction's not there anymore, I mean it's we still have Doc Brown walking around all the time and we still have the you still have the yeah. DeLorean and the, the DeLorean train. and the train, yeah. So maybe just give a little tiny bit of love to something like Back to the Future in there. Uh, the Cinematic Spectacular, the show that came right before this, it wasn't a bad show in essence. It's just something it since they were tackling a hundred years of Universal movies, it just like it all felt rushed. And then some sections like their classic monster section felt really really on the nose with it like they hit it right but then like when when you go through the comedies you know like it's always great seeing the blues brothers but then when they're cutting to a clip from american pie it just is like uh that's kind of feels weird that even though american pie was something revered when it came out in terms of people are like oh this is a new type of comedy that we haven't seen before even though constantly go through streams of dirty coming of age comedies all the time but it's like it just something about that show felt disjointed where this one even though it does bounce around from et to harry potter jurassic world fast and furious trolls it's all over the place but something still but this this one it's you know what it is i think is that they've really acknowledged and embraced that culture of people having um like uh a a loyalty to parks sort of a thing or like uh, that being a big part of your life where it's being like okay well the not that the it's like what you said not that the cinematic spectacular or the show before wasn't good it's just it was a celebration of movies so it made it like its own other attraction whereas and you know people who come to the theme parks maybe they're just there to be at the theme park and they don't know all the universal movies so they're watching stuff that's popping in and out and they're like i have no idea what this is but if you're showing stuff that you kind of really just experience in the parks you're like i know exactly what this is and it it's kind of the uh like, we got you. We know why you love this park. This is why you love this park. 
Very well spoken. And so definitely, I think it is a one of the best changes made at Universal Studios Florida. And the last one, the most controversial one that I think it could have, it honestly comes down to who is answering the question. This could have been on this list. It could have been on the worst. It could have been on the rest. We ended up putting it on the best changes. And that's confrontation turning into revenge of the mummy. So I have spoken at length before Rhino. I know Rhino was a scaredy cat back in the day, yeah. but uh, I I never had the opportunity to experience confrontation. That being said, I am a massive King Kong fan of like the original, of course, not so much the the seventies one. I it, I like it, but I don't watch it very often. I I truly do love the Peter Jackson. One, I, I I know that it is really bad at points, and it's especially so the CGI. It's very long, and the extended version is even longer. It's it's like four it, hours almost. It's like yeah. good lord, it, it's a lot. But and and I loved I loved Skull Island, Reign of Kong, um, or gosh, the attraction. Uh, I I do love yeah. the attraction. I love the Skull Island movie. So I, it's like, I like every iteration of King Kong. So it, it might seem weird that I would choose Revenge of the Mummy over Confrontation, but I just had to base that on what I know about it in this case. And I, I've watched the video of Confrontation. So uh, one of my good friends, Jeff, yeah, I'll see if I can find the link to it on his YouTube channel because he posted video of it uh, way back when I watched it. And a really good video shot of it. And it, I got I got the entire experience from it. But then the more I read about Confrontation was that it was super unreliable towards the end of its run. Uh, similar enough. I think I it like caught on Josh. fire, didn't it? You're talking in Hollywood. Was that it was California? Part of, oh, yeah. okay, okay. That's that. what spurred the change in Hollywood to the the new one too, is because Kong was part of the fire, uh, one of the backlot fires when it happened. Oh, so okay. they needed they needed to replace it. So uh, then with with confrontation out here, from what I read, no one still knows why it really went away. They only que- the only kind of guesses to it is that it was way too expensive to maintain and it wasn't reliable enough anymore uh but it was still popular it just when when it's not working it's not working so what they got out of it was a really really fun roller coaster that uh we just i forget what episode we were just praising revenge of the mummy on uh, a little bit back but i mean it's it's solid and while in that episode i said oh you know i could see one day getting rid of it and adding something with secret life of pets like the new attraction coming to california uh, revenge of the mummy is is a great great roller coaster and i'd argue that it's top three attractions in in universal studios florida well you see the thing is too is that universal really really aggressively for the last like 10 years or so trying to reignite um their monsters their classic monsters and now finally starting to get some sort of tread with that you know it it it's like I can see maybe even if they remove the theming of this from being like the Brendan Fraser mummy and just being a story of the mummy. You know what I mean? Like it would it would take a lighter 
overhaul, you know, and just keep yeah. it kind of the same, but remove that filmmaking aspect of it that feels a little out of date. Um, especially since they're making a third movie and there have since now been two more <laughs> mummy movies, at least one more Brendan Fraser. But, um, and it, it's like, uh, it, it, it's it's one of those things now where I feel like it'll eventually be like, they can turn it into that celebration of universal history, but like keep the attraction the way it is, I guess. Like it's the same ride. Mm-hmm. Um I yeah, I don't know. I it, it's a hard one, I guess, because I didn't I didn't experience the other one. But the thing I love about the mummy is it's just this different type of a coaster where I always say, Well, if you're afraid of heights, you could do this one because there's not too many of that height related uh, you know, challenges in this, maybe like one part and the rest of it's really based on it going fast, more or less, you know, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's cool in that aspect. And I love the cool physical effects that are involved in it. And I do, you know, yes, Kong does have this history where I feel like he is instantly recognizable, but I feel like the mummy in general, everybody knows the mummy, like not the Brendan Fraser one, maybe, but the mummy, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, we're moving into a new generation where that could be a classic for a lot of people, to be honest with you. It, it absolutely could. And I mean, not that Kong isn't a classic for many people out there. It, it truly is. But I, I just think about, I, I'm trying to picture this from the aspect of with universal one thing that would definitely be in confrontations favor is the fact that it was more accessible to people than you know if if you didn't like roller coasters chances are you'd still be able to do confrontation and you'd be okay with that because it's not a roller coaster but at the same time too it's like you just mentioned revenge of the mummy is i, I mean it's not on the basic level of of Woody Woodpecker's Nuthouse Coaster as a beginner's roller coaster, but I would say it's it is still a beginner coaster. Yeah. If you're only, it, you could even say intermediate if you wanted to, maybe. Yeah, it's like if you're on the level where you're like, oh, okay, well, I know I can do like Slinky Dog Dash and Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Walt Disney World, then then you can handle Revenge of the Mummy, and yeah. I think it's it's really that nice that next step stone. Like if you're looking out at Hollywood rip ride rock and you're like, Nope, that's not for me. Yeah. I wish there was something else for me. That is the perfect example. And it's like, well, there's revenge of the mummy. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like with confrontation, if that was the first of the classics to go of like the, I, I would say in a way, the four foundations of universal being uh confrontation back to the future just just barking they're losing their mind uh being yeah the the four foundations being in a way confrontation back to the future jaws and et like first to go and then back to the future and then jaws we still have et so i know that's it's a cheap way around all of this but i feel like too if we still didn't have something to hold on to classic classic universal then maybe i would probably say nope kong changing into mummy that ruined us from having a classic remain in the park forever but as long as et's there i think i think we're fine on that level so i i I think about it too um do am i sad that i like I, i don't think that it's necessarily a sore spot for me that i missed out on confrontation like i think ah man i could have done it that one time but 
I I don't look at it as being like, wow, I really wish I could have done this thing, you know? So I think that that's a testament. Like if I had to give up what we have in order to try it, I don't think it would be worth it for me. You know, I'd, and- I'd rather keep what we have. That's where I ultimately landed at it too. Going back to what I said during the swamp thing in Men in Black, it's if you look at it from that that perspective, I I would not give up having Revenge of the Mummy still to this day just to be able to go on Confrontation once. The same way now over at Walt Disney World, I would not give up Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway to have the great movie ride back. It's just sometimes. Sometimes it's hard when something, when a beloved attraction is being replaced by something that actually is really, really impressive too, just doesn't have that same nostalgia factor. But I, I think overall, it's a best change. On a, on a different day, I might have put it on the rest category, but uh, the rest, I, I feel like it would have been an insult because the, those ones are the ones where you just kind of like shrug your shoulders. Like, I don't know. A- was that a Jim from the office? That's what I thought. <laughs> it was if if Jim Halpert was fat and had a double chin, then it was Jim. <laughs> I also do kind of. I look at it as like a Rick Moranis. Like, huh. I can't I do a Rick Moranis. I was trying to think if I should even try, and I was like, nah, nah, no. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the glasses first off. So. Oh. It's that's where you lose. But I will start the next episode with glasses and a spaghetti strainer in my head and we'll see what happens. Very good. I look forward to it. But I think that's it for our best changes uh, to attractions throughout the years at Universal Studios Florida. Of course, we want to know what you think about this. Uh, I know a lot of you out there are going to disagree with stuff we have said in this. You're going to say, how could you not have mentioned anything about Race Through New York starring Jimmy Fallon? Remember, there's there's more episodes coming out. So feel <laughs> the worst free. on its way. Yeah. When when we get to those ones, then feel free to rip us apart for not including those on the opposite list. But let's keep the discussion to the ones we talked about in this one, whether or not you think those were those were also best changes. I, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to disagree with us on Jaws and Confrontation, but uh, I'm, I look forward to reading all of those comments. So definitely leave all your feedback in the comments below and hit that thumbs up button like we do and subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that bell button. And if you're listening to this and you're not watching it, well, you can always go over to the YouTube uh, YouTube channel and find this video and leave us your thoughts on there. Or I also would recommend uh, following along with Rhino and I on Twitter and letting us know there, too. So you can find me, of course, at Teleclaster and Rhino is R-Y-N-O-1185. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like talking about universal. Ask me more universal questions. People are just up our business with Disney, and I'm tired of it. To be honest, I'm getting tired. Let's oh, switch it up. We know we know lots of stuff. We're yeah. we're people. We're well rounded individuals. Lots. lots we have many leather bound books. Mm, I actually only have one, but that's <laughs> I'm not sure I have any. To be honest, it's not a reflection on me. It's a reflection on my taste in books. I would say if I had to make a 
uh, well-rounded guess on it. But yeah, so that's it for this show. Uh, leave us all those comments on what you think about what we said. And uh, that's it. And if you need any other information, of course, you can head over to disunplugged.com, home of our show notes page for this show and all the others on the Disunplugged podcast network. You can get your links to uh, social media channels on there and so much more. Well, and I already gave you all the other information about YouTube and listening to this and that. So I'm going to skip it this time and just go ahead and say that's it for this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next week with another episode. But until then, remember, we still haven't changed the name. Yeah.